This is Dr. Benny Tate, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this week's message at Rock Springs Church. Wherever you are, I hope that this message encourages you and helps you grow in your walk with God. Here's this week's message from Rock Springs Church. We're going to take our copy of God's Word, and we're going to read Acts 20 and 35. This is what the Bible says. It says, I have showed you all things, how that so laboring you ought to support the weak, and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. It's more blessed to give than to receive. I want to talk to you about happy people are givers. Happy people are givers. Whatever you want, you've got to give away, folks. Somebody said, I just have no energy. <laughs> I just have no energy, Pastor. What do you recommend? I recommend exercise. Because whatever you want, you've got to give away. I need encouragement. Give it away. I need love. Give it away. Whatever you want, you've got to give it away. It's be, got to become a way of life. Now, I want to talk to you and warn you of a terrible disease that's floating around right now. It's called cirrhosis of the giver, amen? <laughs> but I also want you to know happy people are givers. Happy people, and I'm not just talking about of resources. I'm talking about of your time. I'm talking about of your talent. I'm talking about of, of your personality. I'm talking about of your influence. I'm talking about of your leadership. I'm talking about of your life. Happy people are givers. There was a man and woman, and uh, they were married, and she had a cat, and she worshiped the cat. She just worshiped that cat, but he didn't like the cat, and he did something he probably shouldn't have done. He took that cat, and he put that cat in a pillowcase. He got that cat in a pillowcase, and he took a piece of rope, and he tied a knot in that rope, and he threw that cat in the river. Yes, terrible. She came home. She was just overwhelmed. She was just so hurt. She couldn't find her cat. Her, honey, her husband said, honey, I don't know what's happened, but I'm going to put an ad in the newspaper. And he put an ad in the newspaper, a $1,000 reward for anybody that could bring that cat back. Nothing happened, so he goes back down to the newspaper, and he increases the reward to $2,000 for anybody that can find the cat. And finally, finally, somebody down at the newspaper says to him, you must have, uh, you must have lost your mind. There's no cat worth $2,000. And he said these words, when you know what I know, you can afford to be generous. When you know what I know, you can afford to be generous. Now, folks, let me tell you something. When you know what the Bible teaches, you can afford to be generous. When you know what the Bible teaches, you can afford to be gen generous. Now, that verse, Acts 20 and 35, Acts 20 and 35, it says this, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Now, when this Bible was written, the New Testament was written in Greek. So that word wasn't an English word, blessed. It was a Greek word. 
And the Greek word is makarios, makarios. And that Greek word, makarios, actually means happy, happy. So a paraphrase of that verse is this. You'll always be happier when you're giving than when you're getting. You'll always be happier when you're giving than when you're getting. You want to be happy in your marriage? Start giving instead of trying to get. You want to be happy in relationships? Start being a giver instead of a getter. Because understand something. <laughs> Givers always have more than enough, and takers never have enough. Givers always have more than enough, and takers never have enough. Now, you know, folks, when you preach a message like this, where most of the time people's mind jumps is it says, well, Pastor Benny, those that have a lot of money, if they just give. But let me say this right quickly, folks. The Bible teaches that we should all be givers. The Bible teaches that we should all be givers. And, folks, I'm not expecting you to shout me down today while I preach this message. But you can't sow seed when it's windy. Amen? So, the Bible teaches all people. Every person ought to be a giver. Now, look what the Bible says. Paul's writing to the Corinthians. And by the way, this was a wealthy church. But look what Paul said. They were a wealthy church, folks. They were a wealthy group of people, but they weren't giving. They weren't giving. And they were Greeks that had resources, but they weren't giving. And look what Paul said. Moreover, brethren, we do to you wit of the grace of God bestowed upon the churches at Macedonia. Now, who were the churches at Macedonia, Pastor? It was the Bereans, it was the Thessalonians, and it was the church at Philippi. It was those three churches. But you got to understand something about those three churches. How that in great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy, look, and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of liberality. What's that saying? Here's what it's saying, folks. Those people had nothing. They had deep poverty, but they gave. They had nothing. Deep poverty, but they gave. Somebody said, Pastor, I'm going to tell you something. If I win the lottery, I'm going to look you up because I'm going to bless Rock Springs Church. No, you're not. No, no, I couldn't lo locate you. If you, won the, if, you, if you won the lottery, the FBI couldn't locate you. Because, see, folks, if you're not a giving person now, you wouldn't be a giving person if you won the lottery. Because it has nothing to do with your financial status. It has everything to do with your heart. It has everything to do with your heart. It's not what you do with a million if a million were your lot. It's what you're doing with a dollar and quarter that you've already got. Now, now here, let me, let me say something. So, Pastor Benny, so we should all be givers. That's exactly right. And what should be our motivation? 
for being given people. I mean, let me just say this, folks. For God so loved the world that he gave. For God so loved the world that he gave. If we're going to be like Jesus, we're going to give. So what should be our motivation? Let me give you four quick things. I'd be careful about believing that quick. But anyway, four things. Number one, when you understand your source. When you understand your source. Psalms 24 and 1 says this, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. See, folks, everything we have has been given unto us by God. He really owns it. He owns it. He's just allowing us to be the stewards of it. it you know, it's, it's not our land. It's not our houses. It's not our car. It, it's not any of that. Folks, it's all his. He's just been kind to let us use it. John 3 and 27 says this, A man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. Everything that we have, God's given to us. And when we understand, folks, that our source is God and everything that I have, God's given to me, I won't have as much problem giving it because I learn to understand it's not mine anyway. It's really God's, and God's just trusting me with it for just a little while, and God wants me to be a giving person. Amen. Remember years ago, Savannah Abigail was real small, and we went to McDonald's. By the way, best thing about McDonald's are those fries. They're just great for your cholesterol. Amen. They just really are. And, and Savannah Abigail wanted some of those fries, and I bought her a big thing of those fries, and we was driving down the road, and I got to smelling those French fries. I thought, mm, those smell so good. And I thought, you know, Benny'd like to have some of those fries. And I reached over to get some of those fries, and I never will forget it. She said, mine. <laughs> and I thought, you little brat. <laughs> I, I, really, I'll tell you what rolled in my mind while that happened. I rolled in my mind. I said, I ought to take those fries away from you right now. Or just grab the whole thing and then take both hands. It made me so angry. I thought, what I ought to do? I'd just go back there and buy. I ought to buy enough fries to just bury you in fries to prove a point. <laughs> I thought, Savannah Abigail, you don't realize I own those fries. Those are not your fries. They're Big Daddy's fries. <laughs> and then I thought, I bet God feels the same way. Everything we have, he's given us. He just asked for a little bit back, but mine. Mine. All he asked was for a little bit back. Mine. Folks, it has nothing to do with amount. It has to do with your heart. It has to do poor people can be givers and rich people cannot be givers. Because it has to do with you got to understand. See, let me, let me tell you. Some of you are going to leave today, and you're going to go home, you're going to say to your wife, I didn't like that message. I'll tell you why, because I'm plowing your corn, because you're not a giver. Yeah. 
You say, Pastor Benny, are you talking to me? If your phone's ringing, pick it up. But the givers are saying, didn't he preach a wonderful message today? He did a great job. I love my pastor. Because my pastor cares enough about me to tell me what the Bible says. When you understand your source, let me tell you something too. Your motivation for giving is when you understand your source, but when you understand your salvation. Now, let me explain this. In John chapter 12, then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Look what the next verse then this lady comes, her name's Mary of Bethany, and she takes this expensive perfume and she anoints the feet of Jesus. She anoints it, wipes his feet with her hair. There's always a Judas in every congregation. By the way, if you're in ministry, T.D. Jake said it best. There's always a Judas close enough to you to kiss you. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why wasn't this sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? Now, you've got to understand something. This cat, Judas, says it could have been sold and given to the poor. He could care less about the poor. Then he said, not that he cared for the poor because he was a thief and he had the bag. And bear what was put therein. Then Jesus said, let her alone. She's done this to anoint my body for burial. Because the poor you have always, but I won't be here always. Now get this down. She took, ladies and gentlemen, a year's wages. Take whatever you make. I don't know what you make. It's all going to vary. But she took a year's wages and, and took it and she poured it on Jesus then took her hair and wiped it. And I read that story. I said, why would you do that? In John chapter 12, why would you do that? And then I gave the correlation because two months before, in John chapter 11, Jesus had raised her brother from the dead. Now, here's what you're thinking. I'm going to tell you something, Pastor. If God raised Somebody in my family from the dead, I'd be a giver too. And I say to you, he has. <laughs> Look what the Bible says. And Benny Tate, have he quickened. Put your name there. And you have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. See, folks, what's our motivation? You've got to understand your source. You've got to understand your salvation. You've got to understand who sees. You've got to understand who sees. There was a Catholic, uh, there was a Catholic church, and they had a big long table for the students. And on one end of the table, they had apples. And on the other end of the table, they had chocolate chip cookies. And one of those nuns put a big 
note, a big board up. It said, take only one apple, boys and girls, because God is watching. And the little boy comes down here to the chocolate chip cookies, and he puts a sign up, and it says, get all the cookies you want. God is watching the apples. But the truth is, ladies and gentlemen, God sees everything. Because Proverbs 15 and 3 says, the eyes of the Lord are in every place. He's beholding the evil and the good. The eyes of the Lord are in every place. See, there's a story in the Bible. This is talking about Jesus. It says, and he looked up and saw the rich man casting their gifts into the treasury. Keep in mind. Jesus was watching the rich men give their gifts. And he also saw a poor widow casting in thither two mites. She gave a penny. And he said of truth, I say unto you, that this poor widow has cast in more than they all. Here's all I want you to see. God sees I, uh, Pastor, I don't want anybody to know what I do. I'm, I don't want anybody. I'm, I won't do it. No, no, well, that's fine. I, I'm, I'm all for that. But what's more important is God sees. God sees what we do and God sees what we don't do, folks. God sees who we help and God sees who we pass by. God sees not only what we give, but God sees what we got left. See, let me, let me tell you something. You say, Pastor, I really want God to do something great in my life. Folks, he can't do something great in some of your lives because, folks, he can't trust you to do what's right concerning finances. You say, where on earth do you get that out of the Bible? Look what it says. If therefore you've not been faithful in money, how can I trust you with true riches? How can I trust you with spiritual things? How can I trust you with the gospel? How can I trust you with the really important things? I can't even trust you to do what's right concerning money. By the way, am I preaching the Bible, folks? You know, I'm giving you something to think about. I want to think about this. The Bible says Judas was a devil from the beginning. Jesus made him treasure. He was a devil, but Jesus made him treasure. I just wonder, folks, was Jesus testing him? Hoping perhaps he would change? Does he test us? What should be our motivation is the Lord sees what we do or the Lord sees what we don't do. You said, they didn't recognize me. That's really not what's important, folks, whether they recognized you or didn't recognize you, whether you got notoriety or you didn't get notoriety. You need to understand it's what God sees that really counts. Let me give you the last point. And that's when you understand your stewardship. When you understand your stewardship, when you understand, I'm really not the owner, I'm just the steward. God owns it all. All money's tainted. It taints yours and it taint mine. It's God's. Now, I've had, folks, in a few days, I'll be 55. And I said to Barbara the other day, I said, honey, do I look 55? She said, no, but you used to. But I'm 55 in a few days. And I've had hundreds of men say this to me. Benny, 
I don't know why God's blessed me so. I don't know why God's blessed me. I've even had him say this. I'm not the most godly person. I don't pray like I should. I'm not as godly as I should be. I don't know why God's blessed me. And I say, I do. I'm going to show you. Teach those who are rich in this world. And by the way, let's stop right there. 50% of the population lives on less than $2 a day. So if you want to talk about rich people, that's us. That's us. You know what? How many of you can agree with me that you're worried about eating too much? Most of our world's worried about something to eat. We're worried about eating too much, and they're worried about something to eat. Now, look what the Bible says. Those who are rich in this world not be proud and not trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always ready to share with others. Why has God blessed you? When God blesses us, folks, he has more than us in mind. And we ought to live a life every day where we want to live a life that's generous, that we want to live a life that's a life of a giving person. Dan Clark said, I was a young boy, and I went to the circus with my dad. He said, I was standing there with my dad, and he said, in front of us was a man and his wife, and they had eight children, and the oldest one was 12. God bless that family. Eight children. The oldest one was 12. They were standing in line to go into the circus. And he said, my dad was standing there, and I heard the attendant say to that man as he was holding his wife's hand what it was going to cost to get into the circus. And when he was told the cost, he dropped her hand and dropped his head and started to walk away. And Dan Clark said, if I live to be 100, I'll never forget what happened. He said, my dad reached into his pocket and he dropped something on the ground. And then he tapped that man on the shoulder. And he said, sir, you dropped something. And he said, the man reached down and picked it up. And then he looked at my dad, and he said, thank you. Thank you. This means a lot to my family. I want you to understand, folks, that's how we ought to live our lives. That's how we ought to live our lives. When you really understand that your stewardship matters here, but it not only matters here, folks, it matters there. A man told Charles Spurgeon on one occasion, Charles Spurgeon, as far as you can see in that way, as far as you can see that way, the land, it's mine. As far as you can see that way, preacher Spurgeon, it's mine. As far as you can see, preacher Spurgeon, that way, it's mine. As far as you can see, preacher Spurgeon, that way, it's mine. And Charles Spurgeon said, how much do you have that way? 
Because the Bible says, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doeth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doeth corrupt and where thieves don't break through and steal. A church was going to have Pastor Appreciation Day. There was a young man in the church and the church leader said to that young man, write a song to honor pastor tomorrow. He said, that's a short notice, but I'll go home and I'll do my best to write a song to honor pastor. This young man goes home and writes the song and sings it the next day. This is the song. I dreamed I went to heaven and you were there with me. We walked upon the streets of gold beside the crystal sea. We heard the angels singing. Then someone called your name. You turned and saw this young man. He was smiling as he came. And he said, friend, you may not know me now, but he said, but wait. You used to teach my Sunday school when I was only eight. And every week you would say a prayer before the class would start. And one day when you said that prayer, I asked Jesus in my heart. Then another man stood before you and said, remember the time a missionary came to your church? His pictures made you cry. You didn't have much money, but you gave it anyway. Jesus took the gift you gave, and that's why I'm here today. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I'm a life that was changed. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I'm so glad that you gave. Let me tell you something, folks. Financial advisors say don't look three months ahead. Don't look three years ahead. Look 30 years ahead. I say, folks, don't look three months ahead. Don't look three years ahead. Don't look... 30 years ahead, look 30 million years ahead because your giving may not take you to heaven, but your giving may take somebody else to heaven. And what I want you to understand, happy people are givers because happy people understand their source. They understand it's all from God. Happy people understand their salvation. After what God's done for me, I want to do something for him. Happy people understand that God sees what I'm doing. And happy people understand I'm not an owner anyway. I'm just a steward. Because happy people are givers. Friend, I trust the message today has spoken to your heart. And if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, I want to challenge you to do that today. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. And I've often said it's as simple as ABC. A stands for acknowledge. You've got to acknowledge that you're a sinner. B stands for believe. You've got to believe that Christ and His blood was shed on the cross for your sin. And then see, you simply must confess your sins to Him. I want to encourage you right now to repeat a simple prayer with me. 
I'll pray the prayer. You repeat it with me if you'd like to accept Christ as your personal Savior. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. But God, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm so sorry I want to change. I believe that you died for my sin. And I confess my sin to you right now. Come into my heart, Lord, and forgive me of all my sin. Now, thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Thank you for coming in to my life. Amen. Friend, congratulations on the greatest decision that you'll ever make. And I want you to know, this decision is not based on how you feel right now. Because God's not a feeling. He's a fact. This decision is based on the fact that you have done what God's Word says you must do to have eternal life. So congratulations on the greatest decision you'll ever make. And thank you for being with us today. God bless you, and we'll see you soon.